Oh my god. Welcome to Love in the Time of Hydra. It is our third episode, and we our goal is by episode four to figure out the music countdown. Uh, we're, we're working on it's it. It's going to happen. But uh, welcome. <laughs> it, yeah, I have high hopes for us. Uh, but welcome. This is Lido, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. 10th anniversary podcast. On this day, 10 years ago, Tuesday, October 8th, a lot was happening in the world. Royals by Lord was the number one song. Wire Magazine had just named Scarlett Johansson the sexiest woman alive. Gravity was the most popular movie at the domestic box office, and the government was a week into being shut down. But the most important thing that happened on this day 10 years ago was Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. third episode, The Asset, aired on ABC at 8, 7 Central. Hello, I'm Jamie Jirak, and I'm here with my co-host, boyfriend, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. novice, Tony Paletto. Hi, Tony. Hi, Jamie. And uh, <laughs> uh, thank and I- you all for coming back and listening. Yes, so happy uh, to see everybody in the comments right now. Um, And today I am so, so excited for our second guest, host of the Comic Book Queers podcast and my original S.H.I.E.L.D. friend. Welcome, Brett Maris. Hi, how are you? It's so good to see you. Hi, Brett. Hi, Tony. It's great to see you, too. Uh, I cannot believe 10 years later, we're going to still, we're still, still talking about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I mean, life provides. It's amazing. And hopefully we will <laughs> yeah. be for the next seven years. Uh, so, you know, we like to kick off the podcast talking about where we were exactly 10 years ago. And, yeah. uh, you know, Jake was our guest last week and we talked oh, about Jake. This. It's the same this week. Yeah. 10 years ago, Brett, we were doing Rocky Horror. We were doing Rocky Horror. Uh, yes. I did see that you talked about that last week. Jake mm-hmm. was Frankenfurter. You were mm-hmm. Magenta. And I, of course, Tony, you want to take a guess who I was? Uh, were you the, um, you, were you the dude, the crooked over dude with the white hair? One would think, uh, 10 years later, I am given riffraff, but no, 10 years ago, I was given Brad Majors. Uh, I was yes. Brad in our production. Is that, Brad is Rocky the hunky Art. one? Brad is not the, the hunky one, Brad. The we need to watch guy. this again, the, clearly. The protagonist. Yeah. Okay. Uh, like Janet yeah. and Brad. Oh, yeah. right, right, Janet and Brad. Okay. Barry Boswick. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Barry Boswick. Oh, yes. Just yes, say yes. Barry Boswick. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Just uh, say Barry Boswick, you guys. Oh, I want to shout out uh, one of my best friends in the world, Annie Watkins, is in the chat right now. Stop. Annie. 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 <laughs> oh, my God. What, what good news. This is great. What <laughs> yes, a woman Brett. that woman is. Hi, Annie. I know. Hi, Annie. Uh, Brett, aside Hi, from Annie. us doing Rocky Horror, do you yeah. remember anything else from what you were doing 10 years ago? Was So it's so funny. So at that same comedy theater, you know, we actually were just rapping Assemblers 2, which was our second superhero oh. sketch show that we did at that theater. We did four of them. The fourth was the greatest hits, but, you know, so we did three of them. Um, so we were rapping Assemblers 2. 
Um, I was watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so I was very excited for episode three. By the way, kudos. I don't think I realized that you were doing this 10 years to the letter each and every yeah. episode. Oh, yeah. When I looked at the original yes. air date of the asset, it was today. I was like, oh, yeah. oh, okay, we're really doing 10-year anniversaries. Mm -hmm. um, and also, I, I was starting the job that I'm still at now oh. and, and that I'm the big boss of now. So I what? started clawing my way up the corporate ladder 10 years ago today, and I'm now the head of creative at the agency I work at. Beautiful. We love it. Look at how far we've all come. Uh, and Tony, what were oh, you yeah. doing 10 years ago today? Uh, 10 years ago today. So this would have been uh, one week after I was working at a wolf preserve in Western Germany. So then I, after this, I think I was in uh, Brazil running an artisanal basket weaving uh, company um, with, with some friends. I hate Did you bring uh, the wolves from last week? What were their names? Pickwick and haberdashery? I forgot. Oh, no, no, that would, that was, uh, it was, uh, oh gosh, it's been so many years. And I know now. you could remember because uh, they mean a lot Domino and uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it was Domino Mac and Macaroon. Macaroon, yeah, yeah. Wow. No, I could well, not bring them over. They were still pups. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I do want to. I do want to point out that um, ten years ago today, another Marvel show premiered. Um, Hulk and the Agents of Smash was oh, running currently with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I just, just want to point that out, that we have to Amazing. acknowledge Agents of Smash if we're going to do this Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show. I yeah, respect it. Is that another Patreon it. for us, you know? <laughs> mm, maybe. Uh, that's why we have Brett on here, because Brett, there's, I, even though at my job I work with Marvel experts, Brett is still the number one Marvel expert that I go to. Well, you know, I do do, I do, do a comic book show, so we got we to gotta stay our, keep our knowledge deep, and stay up to breast. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And I will be asking you about that soon. But first, before we get all crazy and dive in, I do want to thank everyone again who is listening and everyone who's been engaging with us on social media. It's been really fun and really cool. And I want to shout out to Scott, Scotty Go Boom on Instagram, who had planned to watch along with Tony, but is already on episode eight. He couldn't, he just couldn't <laughs> live this week to week life. And Scott, I really respect Scott Go Boom, that. You, you, did, you did your best and I appreciate the effort. I, I, I... I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Don't worry. <laughs> um, and uh, Tony, you want to give our audience a, a quick reminder? Well, yeah, let's uh, let's remember to just tag those spoilers, guys. Uh, you know, tag them. That just means writing spoiler alert before discussing anything that happens on the show after episode three. And that's for my sake. And that's for the sake of anybody who's watching this new like I am. Uh, our producer, Maria Spertolozzi, is in the chat monitoring the chatting along. Hi, Maria. Hi, Tony. Hi, everyone. Hi, Hi, Maria. Hi, Maria. Our favorite disembodied voice of all time. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> all right. And before we talk about the asset, we got to talk about Brett and your Marvel history and your history with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Because uh, sure. you're, you know, you're only our second guest, but you're our first guest yeah. that is a mega fan like me. Uh, yeah. So I, so first you, uh, you like me watched the show as soon as it aired. Oh, as soon as it aired. Like we mm -hmm. were so excited because it was going to be a broad exploration of the Marvel universe. Those corners that, you know, people didn't know about the D list characters, the C list characters, like they were coming in droves and it was a very exciting time, especially this episode, which we'll talk about in a little yes. bit. Um, There's a lot. To yeah. So about. we, we watched live all seven season. We did not miss mm -hmm. an episode week to week oh, was painful. Uh so I respect Scotty go boom. 
Um, <laughs> I understand that up. pain. Yeah. <laughs> Back then, like saying, 10 years ago. Uh, yes. Oh, so long ago. Uh, oh, I do want to say that there was a time where I did drop off for a little bit between season one and two. I was way yeah. behind. And it was really funny because I remember it so well. Uh, me and our friend Amy went to your place and you cooked us breakfast. I remember because it was the first time I ever had kale. And <laughs> you made us kale. Ah. And you and you went, we're watching the new episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I was pissed because I was behind and I didn't want to watch an episode that, that there was a big chunk of. But you were like, no, we're watching it. And uh, for those fans, who know the show well it's face my enemy which is a season two episode a really good episode that i won't say any more of because i don't want to spoil it for tony but i watched that episode at your place and i was like i have to go back i gotta get back into it and yeah and i did and that's and that was and then from then i was pretty much um yeah on track and um i still don't really like kale but it it really helps (laughs) with the agents of shield i tried to get you to like kale by associating kale with agents of shield but it didn't work but at least it got you back in the show Exactly. Um, And so I do also want to talk a little bit about just your history with Marvel, because you are a comics guy. You've been reading comics forever and you and you have comic book queers. So tell us a little bit about your podcast and your history. Well, the um, so the the comic book history, I like I'll never forget it. uh, I got my first comic book on Halloween. I was trick or treating. Uh, We were very little. And I got a copy, an issue of a comic book instead of candy in my bag. And it was uh, X Factor number 11 or 12. X Factor was a book where the original five X-Men, Cyclops, Jean Grey, Beast, Wolver, uh, Beast Angel, and Iceman, um, reformed the team again. So they were X Factor. And I got this. It had a character named Boom Boom on the cover who had come to be one of my yeah. favorite characters, still is to this day. A Beast and Iceman were on the cover. And I read it and I just loved it. And then Ooh. I was in a supermarket not too long later and I saw... Um, uncanny x-men number 223 in a spinner rack at a supermarket with my mom yeah. and i just begged it was a storm with her mohawk being wrapped by a Hell giant yeah. like boa constrictor and she had a knife and she was and ever since then i just i've been the, obsessed the i mean cast. i the die was cast you know like it just the ship sailed and never never looked back um so reading books ever since big x-men fan um you know still to this day devour anything with an x on it our show comic book queers is very much centered around the x-men um although it is about pretty much anything under the genre kind of connected you i read astonishing x-men because you recommended it and you know that was joss whedon this is produced by him so you know hashtag it's all connected it's all connected. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. the Joss Whedon book. Jamie and I bonded big time over that, mm-hmm. uh, which was born out of my favorite run of all time, the Grant Morrison run of X-Men. Anyway, we could do a whole show about this. Nonsense. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're here to talk Agents of Show, but I, I love hearing about your Marvel history because you go deep and I love that. And for us... For- our Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., one of my favorite memories is we, I shared it on Instagram, but we took a photo op with Ian DeCastiker and Elizabeth Henstridge. And it is now the way that I take photo ops with everybody. It was your thing, which is, yeah, you pull it up. You told them, you said, let's all pretend like we're best friends. And that is the best way to do a photo op at a con because <laughs> ev- no one has ever failed at that direction. And the photos are always hilarious. I'm so glad you reminded me of that because I've got three crucial ones coming up for New York Comic Con at the end of this week. And I am stressing over what we're <laughs> going to do with Michelle Gomez, Tom Hiddleston, and Chris Evans. Stressing. Ooh, those are good. Oh, those, I can't Love wait to you. see those. We'll have to share them Just in our stories. Just be best friends. Just be best friends. It's such yeah. a Just be good best bit. friends. Yeah. Just walk in. We're best yeah. friends. 
Okay. Perfect. Yeah. And so you watched the asset for for this. When was the last time you watched season yeah. one? Honestly, not early season. I haven't watched early season one since early season one. Truly, if wow. when I do, when I have gone back and rewatched, I do not go back this far. There is a pivotal moment in the run of the show that I typically start at, mm-hmm. and that comes later. So these episodes where I'm going to say it, they were still kind of finding their footing. I um, I haven't gone back and watched these. You should, I, one that I really recommend is episode six. Go back and watch that I will that do one. that. Well, yes. I'm watching them uh, all now. Oh. oh, great. Well, you're in it yeah, now. You're, yeah, yeah. We're going to keep back in. We want to keep you in the rotation here. We want to, you know. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yes, am... Brett Manis. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. Oh, I love the sound of that. Mm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So it is time. The Asset, episode three. It was written by Jedmo, our lovable showrunners. It was directed by Milan Shalov, who uh, directed another episode in season one and one in season two. Uh, he's been directing TV since the 90s, a big TV run, um, but but only did three episodes of S.H.I.E.L.D. Of course, we've got our main players, Clark Gregg is Phil Coulson's Chloe Bennett as Sky, Ming-Na Wen as Melinda May, Brett Dalton as Grant Ward, Ian DeCastiker as Leo Fitz, Elizabeth Henstridge as Gemma Simmons, and our guest stars are David Conrad as Ian Quinn and Ian Hart as Franklin Hall. And in this episode's S.H.I.E.L.D.'s own Dr. Franklin Hall is kidnapped, and the team must infiltrate the compound of one Ian Quinn, a wealthy so-called philanthropist, in order to rescue him. But does the doctor want to be saved? I've been having fun <laughs> doing these uh, really quick synopsis. Those so, are really good, um, <laughs> Yeah, totally. thank you, thank you. Yeah, uh, and so, Tony, uh, Tony, what are your initial thoughts of this episode? My favorite one so far. Uh, three in. Really? Okay. I really liked it. Yeah. Uh, cool plot. Uh, I'm a fan of, uh, you know, subterfuge as a device in any form. So uh, what Sky was getting into uh, when she went to that M- Maltese island, I was like, yeah, this is, is Mal- would, would you call that like being of Malta? Is that Maltese? Brett Manis, you Absolutely. Know? Yeah. Okay, um, great, thank you. My husband uh, studied abroad in Malta, so I do know, and it is correct. Oh, goodness. I didn't oh, know that. Wow. All right, great. Well, good good tie-in. Uh, yeah, I like it. <laughs> I, I like her, you know, tightrope of allegiance uh, that's been going on with her. Uh, I, I like Coulson so much. He is being, he is making Agent Ward a better man every day. And that is really something that I need because that guy I don't like very much, but Colson's just making him better. Uh, but no, very suspenseful episode. Uh, good plot. Dug it a lot. My general thoughts cool. complete. Uh, and Brett, co- going back for the first time since 10 years ago, how did you feel about yeah. this episode now? Um, I, I too liked it a lot. It was the opening really is what kind of moved it like one step closer to me really loving the show with agent mac our truck driver it gave us kind of those things that i was looking for out of a shield show which is that unexpectedness those twists the thing that you think is analog or low tech being high tech like those those types of things it started with lola in episode one as soon as that car flew i was like it's a show about shields because lola was a big thing Um, so, you know, Speaking I was of, of agent Mac, like I I'm so down. I want to see more like blue collar shield guys. Like it's something that yeah. never occurred to me. You know what exactly. I mean? Like who are the guys that are just, I, 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 I was like thinking back to like, uh, you know, the, the first Spider-Man film, like, you know, that, that plane that was taking all the Stark tech 
uh, to wherever was on autopilot. And I was like, oh, that's a bummer. I want to know who would fly that plane. And like, yeah, so this kind right. of like answered my thing of like, yeah, there's like a whole like sub levels and sub levels of shield employees with different clearance levels and different functions. And I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. It starts to really explore the organization itself. So it delivered upon that. It delivered upon another thing, which was, oh, are we getting our first Marvel supervillain? Um, and so mm -hmm. that this episode was pivotal for me then, because this is where I started to assume that it was going to take on a formula, which was little arcs about various C-list Marvel supervillains. And I was like, oh, okay, this is what <laughs> I wanted. So, so I would say this is the episode that really started to, to deliver even more on the expectations I had then. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'll, I'll just say now, uh, I, 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 I know who that dude is. Uh, so that was an exciting moment for me. I, I didn't put it together until the climax and, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't want to say any more because I mean, there's a Tony leaves the room segment, but maybe there should be like, uh, the listeners, uh, leave the room and then Tony leaves the room right after. But like, I know <laughs> that dude, uh, and I did not know that that dude was coming and that was very right. cool. Right. We will be talking about the comics uh, connection. I do want to say, though, my thoughts, because I, I revisit a lot. I've seen this episode a lot. And for me, yeah. it's not a favorite because once you like know everything, the early episodes to me are just about loving the characters. And there's not a lot of that in this episode, It's except for Sky and Ward. And, and those aren't the characters I necessarily want to be uh, shining in this moment in time. Uh, I like there's not a lot of May in this episode. And and so no. I'm like, oh, all right. Uh, but the Gravitonium <laughs> stuff is cool. And that's where I want to start with, with that, with the Gravitonium, because it's all, we're dancing around it. Obviously, it's the biggest thing about this episode. So we've got Franklin Hall in here. And Franklin Hall was introduced in the Avengers uh, 158 in April 1977. That's a month before Star Wars was released, to give you, uh, oh. you guys an idea in the in the chat, uh, just how long this character has been around. And um, it was the, the characters created by Jim Shooter and artist uh, Sal Buscema. Am I saying that right, Brett? Do you know? Yeah. You are. Okay, cool. Um, and um, so basically, like, in so uh, Graviton is is a Marvel villain, has been around for a while. The character in the comics is named Franklin Hall. This is Dr. Hall. And an interesting thing about this episode was Jeffrey Bell said that they had kind of written this character kind of loose uh, and didn't really know who he was going to be. Then they went back and read a bunch of comics and just picked him mm -hmm. and kind of plugged him into the oh. episode later. So. This, this was not started with him. It came later. And I think that's really interesting. So with now no no discussion of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s future potential, whether or not we see this guy again, I'm not going to say. I don't know. I Who knows? But uh, Brett, do you remember reading any comics with, uh, with no, this character? I, I And that was another, that was the other side of the coin that was like, oh my God, they're giving us supervillains. Was then I then I was like, and the first one's Gravitron. I don't care about Gravitron. I don't know him. I never saw Gravitron before. I heard of him in like the Marvel handbook. But I never. I don't like Gravitron. So that was the other side of it. So I mean, understand the media I was devouring when these shows were on was everything on the internet about what Marvel Comics characters were going to be in the show. So you know, I probably would not have seen Franklin Hall introduced and go. Oh, Gravitron, you know, but I <laughs> just knew from message boards that Franklin Hall was Gravitron and Gravitron was coming in. And that's what got me excited. Um, but no, I had no emotional connection to the character in the comics. And Tony, you had a reaction when we watched. Like, you definitely knew this I did. Guy. 
I know this guy. I don't think I've ever actually read any comics, but I think I might have. But I, I don't know how I'm familiar with him. It might have been one of those like top 20 most underrated, powerful villains in the Marvel universe or whatever. And reading about Graviton, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that is a really, uh, really dope power set that he has. Um, and and I'm I think it's a very exciting prospect because that's uh, that dude's no slouch. I mean, that's a really powerful ability that he has so that yeah it is a great power and he could i mean he could like i i feel like the avengers could fight graviton and have a hard time doing it uh and i think he is an avengers villain exactly yeah so like he's he seems like a big player just in terms of his powerfulness so i'm uh excited and concerned to to see if uh, he comes back and if our guys can take that on there are so many right now he's in the fridge yeah, he's in the fridge. He's in no, the fridge. Yeah, I know. We got some time. He's got to cook for a while. Yeah, 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 yeah. Freeze. Yeah. I was trying to remember, and I meant to look it up. Uh, the first mention of the fridge in the MCU. I can't remember. Does anyone remember that? If you know in the comments, they mentioned it uh, in the movies. The fridge is in definitely. The, in the movies, like, it's the raft. I believe, like the raft, is the more well-known Marvel supervillain. Island prison. Yeah. Um, it's different. Then, then so I think I then this I think is the this first time. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Then yeah. this is the first because the fridge is going to be something that we definitely hear about again. Yeah. So, um, all right. Cool. Uh, I, I want to, uh, Ciparilla in the comments. Also, everybody, I will butcher your names. If you spell them out for me phonetically after I say them wrong, I'll try to remember for next time. But, uh, Ciparilla says, I just want to say, can someone please get Fitz a monkey? He deserves it. And I do have in my notes, and I would like to point it out, that we are officially on Fitz monkey watch, which means we are going to be calling out, counting every time Fitz mentions a monkey. Because this monkey is not really a spoiler. Watch. Fitz just loves monkeys, Tony. That's just a thing. Like, I don't really think that's a spoiler. So we, he mentioned monkeys last week. He did make that week. remark, yeah. Yeah, he mentioned monkeys last week when they were in Peru. And then this week he was like, what if we sent a monkey in there? That's his brilliant mm -hmm. plan. So, uh, With adorable so little hands. A... <laughs> uh, hang on, it, producer Tony. Maria. Producer Maria, Maria breaking in. Yes, this is the first mention of the fridge in the MCU. Thank you, Maria. You're Bless welcome. you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, I like uh, that's Maria. Why she's here. Thank you, Maria. <laughs> Maria's real good. Maria's real good. She's embodied as she may be. Yeah. <laughs> we need also, a Maria on my show. Right? We don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I was like, we need a producer. I like, I can't do this without a producer. <laughs> my brain would melt out of my ears. All right. So I also want to talk about we've got Ward is now training Sky. He's her mm -hmm. SO. And for both of them in this episode, we learn a little sprinkle about their family history. Ward had two brothers. One of them was apparently abusive. Sky was a foster kid who never had a, a, a permanent family. And so clearly uh, they're bonding a little bit over their childhoods. And so, Tony, I'll go start with you because, you know, mm -hmm. you don't know these people. How, did, did this affect how you feel about them at all? Did, did you like learning about them or were you like, eh, whatever? Uh, so I've, you know, been coming around on Sky a little um, with each episode and not so much the same with Agent Ward. When Agent Ward told me about his rough childhood with his brother being abusive and beating him up, I was like, that sucks, man. That That is bad. Like, I am sorry you went through that, but I don't like him any more than I did. Uh, okay. However, uh, when when Sky was like telling me about, I mean, that that was a that was really sad. That, her talking about um, this one foster parent that she had uh, who she really wanted 
to love them. Uh, and it really hurt when they said it wasn't a fit because she really wanted it to work. Uh, that, I mean, for a I would think since she was 12, oh, what a horrible, horrible thing to, to have to go through. That was just a really effectively sad story and well, and well acted. Um, I think she so was nine. I, like she was nine. Young. Yeah. Brutal, man. Absolutely yeah. brutal. Yeah. Uh, so no, that, that was really, uh, really powerful. So that, that one landed, um, you know, look, uh, I, I, Sky is, uh, uh, you know, we talked a little about this with Jake in the previous episode of like kind of digging, um, not knowing where her allegiances lie. Uh, and her maybe really not knowing where her allegiance lies. And in this, the end of this episode kind of seems to feel like she's made a pretty definitive choice, uh, which they use the the boxing and the training as sort of a symbol for that she is committing to being better and she is committing to a team. However, I mean, she's so, we, we still haven't, you know, dealt with the fact that she is connected to <clears throat> the rising tide still and, and, and speaking with them. So uh, I, I hope we continue to to play with her a little bit. I'm 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 warming to her a, a lot more, and uh, yeah, I appreciated the backstories from both. Brett, you you obviously know these characters very well beyond this point. Do you remember how you felt about them at this point, this early on, the first time you watched? Do you remember what your opinions were? It's so hard to remember. Yeah, um, I don't. But let's make yeah. something up and let's try to figure okay. it out. Um, so I I. <laughs> First of all, I was so physically attracted to Brett Dalton as Grant Ward. Like, that's all I Fair. saw. Like, I just, you guy. know, and he's a, he was just such a, he was a really hot guy to me. And I just really thought it was really hot. We'll get to Ian Quinn a little bit later. Um, but <laughs> so you know, there was that. So I was still kind of like rose colored glasses with Ward. Um, and I knew that I had a little bit of a crush on the character because um, later there will be a very kind of, you know, like, guy saves girl moment um which is typically not my thing but i remember watching that episode and when when ward does save um sky i remember being like oh thank god oh thank god for ward oh, oh he saved her he saved her you know and just be like oh. um so yeah i was pretty in love with ward at the time and sky i just thought was super cool I, she was pulling espionage moves in here that were so like of the genre um that yeah. just she was like a fit in this kind of spy milieu. And so I really started to Ooh. dig her. Like there's that move um, uh, where she's talking to Ian Quinn and she writes, Shield is listening on the paper. Yeah. It's like, it's moves like that, that to your point, Tony, that you still didn't know because of the Rising Tide connection, you still didn't know where her allegiances lied. And I just thought she was, I, I remember loving moments of savvy when it came to yeah. Sky. And so I started off really liking them um, for different reasons. Uh, and so, you know, this episode <laughs> didn't really do much to change my opinion of them. You know, it kept me on the yes. same trajectory I was on already with those characters. My mom yeah. was was in the same place as you. My mom still talks about Brett Dalton. She, like, just really loved that one. I uh, <laughs> just think he's uh, the most beautiful man I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I, I actually wanted to... Uh, uh, I, I wrote down some of what the critics said about this episode. And yeah. I think it was the AV Club said that Brett Dalton, or, or Ward, I should say, Ward was another in a long line of, like, mindless, boring, like, hunks or something like that. And here... Oh, mine... Yeah. No, let me... I got it. Bear, um, um, 
the latest in a line of dull Whedon hunks with just a glimmer of personality. And this offended me, not, but not because of they said it about Ward, that's fair. But like, first of all, to, this isn't really Whedon's show. Uh, he only did the first episode. Right. But beyond that, who are they talking about? What, what right. Whedon? Yeah. It's not Ryan what, Murphy. What Whedon character. Riley. Right. Yeah, uh, the only one I can think of is Riley on Buffy that matches that that description. A long sure. line? Riley, <laughs> yeah, well, right. he's, a, he's a Boy yeah. Scout, but he's not dull. No, and, um, but like we so, didn't cast hunks. Like, what, like yeah. Oh, except yeah. for maybe David Boreanaz uh, as Angel, who was literally discovered walking down the street. Uh, because, but like, I still, but he's still the personality. Anyway, I was offended by that uh, remark. Yeah. But moving on yeah. in the episode, I got to bring up the truth serum and the question of oh, is yeah. it is the truth serum real? Tony, you really loved the truth serum in the first episode. So yeah. did, did this did this bum you out that it might not be real or do you do you still think it's real? Uh well, so yeah, that was like the one like glimmer of hope for the character of Ward for me in the pilot episode was uh you know, getting that moment of vulnerability that he had no control over. Uh it, I wouldn't put it past Agent Ward to tell his new recruit that it wasn't real because he's trying to save face and keep a sort of uh, status over her, uh, uh or, or to keep her off balance. Like I, I don't, I don't trust his comment. Um, I <clears throat> also like, in just think we're trying to remember the first episode leading into it, uh, Coulson's whole, he gives a whole like digression about what the serum is. And, and Ward's like, I didn't know we had that. And he's like, yeah, we do have this. And then bam, hits him with it. So, I mean, what was it? If there was like an off-camera scene where Clark Gregg was like, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to pretend it's a truth serum and I'm going to get you with it. And you got to act like you're all vulnerable. Like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't buy that. I think, I think Ward's probably just trying to uh, reclaim some of his lost toughness uh, in the face of Sky. I'm going to be honest. Uh, I genuinely do not remember if we get an answer to this and i kind of love yeah, it truly. I, I could be wrong uh but right now i don't know if i cannot remember if this is answered and i think that's really fun i would love it if okay. there is a, like a season four payoff that just went yeah. completely under our radar you know and we're still discovering things about this show that would be great <laughs> that said i absolutely think there is a truth serum and totally agree that ward would absolutely cover for the fact that he yeah. was vulnerable calling it a level yeah. one overshare you know uh, mm. like of course yeah yeah backpedal so we got to obviously <laughs> <laughs> we've got to uh, talk about Ian Quinn, uh, Brett. Uh, since you've talked about it before, I'm going to let you take the lead on Ian. So internet. I'm so sorry to bring like you know this super gay energy here, but no, Ian <laughs> Quinn's another, like, that's what we want. All I want to talk about is the men's on this show. Ian Quinn, yeah, but is Jamie does David... not like gay energy. So if you could pull it back a little, bit. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. Uh, David Conrad, right? Is that the actor that plays Ian yeah. Quinn? God damn, he's so handsome. Ian Quinn is so handsome, and I love his haircut, and I love the fact that he wears no socks, and I love his whole jerky attitude. Like anybody talking a shit, talking shit, holding a scotch. Like I just, I don't know. Like classic Bond villain, rich guy, douchebag, so cute. I don't know why I love Ian Quinn, and I also found out I did not know this before I did research about this episode. He has his own theme music written yes, by uh, yes. Brer, Brer McCreary. Is that his name? Yeah, Brer McCreary. That's incredible. Yeah, I, I, that I Ian didn't Quinn know that has either. his own score. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. So yeah. I have to start yeah. listening for it because I don't clock music really easily, and so right. now I know that it exists. And uh, I mean, maybe Ian will never show up again, but uh, Wait, if he does, I'll be nice listening. Try this back pedal there. <laughs> 
I do want to yeah. say I, that the same the same uh, AV Club uh, critic who bashed Ward called Quinn barely a step above a generic Miami Vice villain, and I think he meant that as an insult. But to me, compliment. That's oh, compliment. compliment. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He that's like that's exactly what he is, and it's pretty awesome. Mm. Uh, oh, it's great. What, what so you said he was wearing cool socks. What socks was he wearing? No socks. That? Yeah. No socks. I also uh, noticed socks. that. Yes. Can we talk uh, costume for just a quick minute? Uh, yeah. I think Sky is underdressed for this party. Uh, she looks like she's going yeah. to the club with her girlfriends. Uh, am I right? Like the hot pink at a uh, when you're trying to be low key. That's a choice. Yeah, and the like a European like. I just think she's underdressed. The cut, it's she's a daytime outdoor event. Like it's a daytime outdoor event. She doesn't need to wear like a ball gown. But I do yeah. think the hot pink was a weird choice. I will give you that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think that we're going to see some smarter dresses later on this season. Mm. Okay. Uh, cool. Maybe even one in season two in Face My Enemy, the episode that we were talking about earlier. Oh. But we're really far away from that. Uh, but I feel like when Face My Enemy comes in season two, that's one that we got to have bread on just because I associate okay. it with him and Kale so much. Um, yeah. uh, Tony, did you have any like other thoughts about or any at all about Ian, this character? Oh, no, I dug him. Uh, good, good bad guy. Mm -hmm. uh, I like I, I liked his whole that scene where he's sort of. Uh, seducing uh professionally seducing sky just being like hey i've always got my eyes open for people who can do cool stuff like you i'm really happy you're here uh the, you know you and i were going to talk and i'm like that's a pretty good deal like you have just you know sidled up to somebody who's powerful and revolutionary and like i could feel sky's push pull with that so i i i liked him i thought i thought that was a good performance uh total uh miami vice bad guy in the best oh, way yeah. possible uh yeah. and yeah i like quinn He's um, like, Sky, I, we have a 401k. We've got no meeting Fridays. Yeah. Like, come over. Like, <laughs> yeah. Just join us. yeah, we don't wear socks. Exactly. We don't wear socks. <laughs> I, I've, I've got to bring up the fact, because I forgot this happened. Colton brings up his car damaged cards that Fury fucked up yes. in Avengers, bloodied for no reason. Because we talked about this in our first episode where I was like, Coulson should be really mad about that. And I forgot that he does bring it up. He does, he's a little bitter about it, even though he might not be saying it to Fury's face. He's mad that those vintage cards yeah. got bloodied when they did not have to. Yep, yep. Did they, <laughs> did they not? I don't know, but I do like that he's he's got a, a bug up his ass about it. I would too. Yes. And uh, and there are more, um, you know, MCU greater references. He says he saw plenty of action with the Avengers and the like, and you died, uh, which I mm -hmm. love. Yeah. Um, there, uh, you know, Franklin Hall at one point says uh, experimentation without the thought of consequence is what brought on the uh, Shatari attack, which I think is I just really like these subtle drops and and references to the greater MCU. Mm -hmm. It yeah, was heavily connected back in. then. I mean, they yeah. they really were going for a truly connected universe from the silver screen to the small screen. And so, I mean, I feel like season one, there are heavy, heavy references to Avengers, to the Battle of New York specifically. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And um, let's see. Well, so I it's so we talked a lot about Sky being in the compound, but I do want to bring up I love Fitzsimmons being in her ear and May just kind of in the background, like, oh God, what is it? <laughs> Fitz has his popcorn, like it's a like it's a show. Such a dork. 
I, I love him. Such a dork. Uh, and so but cute. good spycraft. Okay. Yes. They're they they're like they're a fumbly team. They're a new team, but they they pull it off. They're getting there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so we got it. Obviously, you know, back to Franklin Hall, back to the Gravitonium. Uh, Colson has what I call a Giles moment, which is where he Ooh. does something a little. Uh, you're like he's this sweet, good dad character, but sometimes he's gonna fuck you up, and he's gonna make a hard choice, and he's gonna throw you into a bat of gravitonium because it's the only way to save mm -hmm. his team uh tony how did you feel about that i feel like this is like the first kind of i don't want to say scary but like dark moment for colson yeah yeah uh i i really dug that whole sequence uh you know we're on the sub we're, we're standing on the wall we're standing on the ceiling things are being flung around it's wicked cool uh really well produced and i was impressed by it colson uh making that move it's an earned moment i mean he how many times did he try and reason with with hall like so many times of just being like you know this is you don't have to do this there are innocent people these uh fitz and simmons two of your former students are listening they're right now they're telling me that you're a good guy and and just he tried over and over again to sort of appeal to his better nature but that man was so resolved in what he decided and uh yeah he uh he and then he put himself in this position to be the catalyst that they needed to stop this thing from going nuclear on their ass and uh yeah it was at no part of me was like gee colson that was harsh i'm like no nah, you kind of had to you kind of had kind of were, were given no out on that brett you have feelings about this moment um yeah it was badass you know it was like it's just <laughs> one of those great marvel moments you know it's just it's very it, like it's going back to these episodes i forgot just how like pure marvel they they really do succeed in feeling and and this was certainly one of those moments where colson shot the floor to then and grabbed onto yeah. the thing and i agree like the gravity stuff the room tilting yeah. the liquid being poured sideways like all of that was just really really cool and like got you into you know what a marvel show on abc <laughs> with a limited budget yeah could could pull off you know with a little bit of um a little bit of creativity one thing about uh fitzsimmons and franklin hall that moment where they find out that he's kidnapped and they have that sweet like oh no professor like, hall oh no we oh no we love him like <laughs> it's, so it's like so somebody cute. finding out a character on a show they like something bad happened to a character they like yeah. on the show and they're like oh no yeah. no <laughs> it's a very similar maneuver as when uh in the first episode with the the J. August Richards saves the the woman from the burning building, and you're like, "Oh yeah. no, poor lady, she's all burnt up." And you're like, "No, you're very dangerous." Like, yeah, I can play that game all day. If this show wants yeah. to keep throwing these sort of moral questions and and manipulating, you know, expectations and first looks and everything like that, I'm I'm really into it. One more thing I want to bring up before we take a quick our quick one minute break uh, is that at the end of the episode, May reports for field duty. And I really Fuck love yeah. Colson says, are you committed to the cause or just watching my back? And she says, same thing. I got chills just repeating it. Um, and so and it's like, like, good. Episode three. I didn't need to wait any longer to see whatever McNowen's got up her sleeve. Yeah, I forgot all about her, Melinda May's initial reticence for to be in combat. I, I completely forgot that about the character because guess what? Over seven seasons, she still isn't going. 
I don't know if I should fight. Mm-hmm. Like maybe you know, seven. Change. She might die before that. We don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah, we don't know. Um, it's not in my notes. We don't is, know. That is true. <laughs> uh, but um, I forgot how interesting that was. That she just did not want to see action, um, and that Coulson kind of twisted her arm to get her back onto the bus. Yep. Totally forgot about that aspect of the character and love that we kind of got through it by episode three. We're going to start to see a change in her. Yeah. Annie in the comments says, you know, when when will her emotions show? Who is she inside? And that's what I love so much about Mingna Wen's performance is that it's so subtle. She's so stoic, but she has these moments that are like really hit you. Like even just her saying same things so stoically says so much about her and about her feelings towards Colson. She clearly respects him and wants yeah. to help protect him because uh, he's rough. He, he he there's something cool, like we didn't have any tahiti references in this episode um but he's struggling tony do you, uh, i definitely want to hear your thoughts on what's going on there oh i'm not worried about colson he's gonna be fine yeah yeah he's a, yeah he's rusty he's rusty and uh you know <laughs> him going into the field and being like I, I can't do the gun thing i used to be able to do the thing it's yeah like, it's, it's cute but like i mean honestly give the guy like you know, give the guy a few minutes. He's going to, he's going to get it back. Cause I feel I, I'm, it's really hard to be worried about Colson. He's so, so capable, both physically and mentally. And I do like uh, when, yeah, to what you were saying, Brett, uh, with, with him and Ming uh, or, or May, I should say, but they, you know, him being like, yeah, well, it's a two man job. So Ward's going and I'm going, and you can see her just be like, Ugh. like, yep. cause she, she's kind of like ready to be put in that position, but she's been so, uh, reticent, as you said, and 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 differential to it. So I'm, uh, yeah, he's he's playing. He's just playing a long game with every single person on his team, mm-hmm. and it's. It, but it doesn't feel like manipulation. It feels like he's he's giving them all of the tools and circumstances to for everybody to be the best version of themselves. Yes, and it seeing, feels like he knows who well they ahead. are. Yes, yeah, he knows absolutely. exactly who he knows who they are more than they know who they are. And he's always and he will trying to never, get them into that slot. Yeah. Yeah. And he's never going to put them in a position to fail. Uh, he, he's, right. he's always going to put them in a position that they can handle. And so he continues to be my favorite dude on the show. Yeah. And we were watching for him at the time. You know, it's like, I, sure. that was another thing. You know, you, you're, you're not really emotionally connected to Fitzsimmons and to Sky and to Ward and to May. Yet you're still in the phase at episode three of getting to know them, but you are mm-hmm. watching the show at the time ten years ago. You were watching the show for Coulson. You know, Coulson yeah. was what you were watching, um, and so the way that they explore his subtlety and the danger that's lurking inside him. You know that that to me, I remember thinking early on when he was doing the gun thing. I had the opposite reaction, Tony. I was like, "Oh shit, that's <laughs> that's that feels." bad because he says uh-huh. you think it would you think muscle memory would take over and i was like oh no something something's not right there um and i got excited for what i thought was going to be that to me seemed like a big like danger yeah he's in trouble yeah and so i remember having that feeling again watching it mm. i guess we'll just have to wait and see uh <laughs> what's gonna happen there but uh, we're gonna take a quick break uh, hope, we'll see if the music works. I can't wait to find out. We'll see you back in one minute. Oh, yeah.
Welcome back to Love in the Time of Hydra. I am Jamie Jarek here with Tony Paletto and our guest, Brett Manitz. We are talking about the third episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Thank you again to everyone who's watching live and everyone who is listening later on podcast form. The music wasn't our music uh, on the countdown, but it worked. So that we're, we're getting there. We're improving. It was seamless um, and it had nothing yeah. to do with us, but boy, did it play. <laughs> uh, Brett, Good job, know, Maria. Our, yes. Good job. Yeah. Our mutual friend Ryan Mira created our theme music. So no way. Tell him I say hi. Yeah, yeah. I will. Uh, yeah, we uh, we are very grateful for him because he really nailed it. Uh, which it was the music that played at the beginning. But we are back. We've talked about the episode. Now I want to drop some fun knowledge on Tony and Brett and some oh. uh, all of our listeners. Although Brett, I think, might know some of this because he was dropping some uh, some information too that like maybe he also read the wiki page <laughs> um, impossible yes you know the basic information this was watched by 12.01 million viewers within the first week which was above average for the season the episode this, these are my favorite things to learn which is the episode was filmed from july 29th to august 18th such a short amount of time but i believe wow. longer than the last episode i know they crank these out that's why network tv wow. will always be so impressive to me because of how fast they do it um and so i learned some stuff about the gravitonium effects which i think were really cool uh they were designed by uh, fuse fx and there's like a lot of interesting stuff that was going on there. Uh, the effects supervisor, Kevin Lingenfelser, uh, explained that their gravitonium shots, they were divided into two categories. There was neutral or ball-like, and then there's also mm -hmm. the more aggressive kind. And so I'm just going to kind of read this flat out because I don't understand effect stuff well enough to just like improvise the, the, the facts. But basically... Um, so the aggressive shots of the gravitonium more towards the end uh, with Hall mimicked the effects of gravity while Hall was being sucked in with, quote, more sentient and deliberate motion. And there were animation around that. But Hart, Ian Hart was filmed at high speed for this sequence as he fell onto a green screen stunt pad. So they actually had him falling and then were replaced with a digital double to allow the gravitonium to surround him. And I just think that's really fascinating. Wow. Like all that goes into even like a... A network show that only had less than a month to film. Yeah, I did. I did want to remark on how excellent that effect was. The that sort mm -hmm. of oily, you know, black, silvery, metallic stuff just sort of wrapping around him, but it seemed kind of conscious and became one thing. I thought that was pretty impressive and gorgeous for uh, for a network effects show. Yeah. Yeah, it looks good. And that's actually, um, now that I'm seeing, is really the only fun fact I have because we covered a lot of them earlier, uh, which means it is now time to ask Tony some questions and then we're going to kick him out because Brett and I have a lot to talk about. <laughs> and uh, so, Tony, um, I, do you have any new character opinions after this episode? Did it change anything for you on any of them? I, as I expressed, I'm coming I'm mm -hmm. coming around on Sky. Um, I am... I as i said before i think colson is making ward a better person every day i'm excited for these things to keep developing and i loved the two guest stars i thought the the quinn character and the hall character were both really cool and yeah i i do want to shout out uh one particular moment that uh as jamie can attest to had me cackling uh but right around like the 36 minute mark they've got their guns drawn on sky and she does the move that you know we all met maybe we all knew it was coming where she grabs the gun that uh that agent ward taught her and now she's got the gun on him however 
there's still like one bodyguard in the background, like way in the background. And he's a short Chinese actor. I looked him up, Arnold Chone. Uh, I recognize him because he is the henchman of fiendish Dr. Wu in Black Dynamite. Uh, so in the third act of Black Dynamite, when they go to Kung Fu Island, I remember he's got such a distinct face. I was like, I know him immediately. I was like, that's the guy from, from Black Dynamite. Uh, oh my so God. that dude is way in the back and he's shorter than everybody, but he still has his gun drawn and he's kind of trying to like aim it over the big guy's shoulders. So he still has <laughs> sky in his sights and it looked hilarious. And I just started laughing out loud. And then I rewound it and showed, showed it to Jamie because she missed it. She didn't think it was as funny as I did, but I like seeing- uh, I'll have to go back and guy. watch it. Yeah, we yeah. had different, we had each had that moment last night. Tony had that with that, and I was like, okay. And there was a joke in Totally Killer, which uh, a movie recommendation I have for everybody that I laughed so hard at that Tony was like, oh, okay. It's, and I was like laughing yeah. about it for five You laughed for both of us on that oh. one. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes <laughs> we just don't think the same things are funny, and that's okay. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't always happen a yeah. lot, but when it does, at least we're laughing. Uh, and Tony, yeah. uh, before, before we leave, is there anything else about the episode? Oh, no, I feel like I've ex expressed okay. myself totally. Uh, so, yeah, guys, this is the part where uh, I leave the room and all of you spoilery people can talk about spoilery things. But I want to say a few thank yous uh, first to Stephanie at Eclectic Muses on socials for doing our artwork. And we already said thank you, but we'll do it again to Ryan Mira for doing our music. Ryan Mira, you can find on Yellow Pills Music on Instagram. And I want to thank our producer, Maria. Thank you, Maria. You're welcome. I'm happy to be here. Yay. Oh, we're happy to have you. And uh, gosh, thank you, Brett Manis, for being our second guest ever uh, on our podcast. Uh, Level what an honor. Culture. Thank you, Brett. Yes. yes. Thank you, Tony. Before Tony goes, I also want to announce our third guest next week is going to be Ian Crawford. He hosts Slayer Fest 98. So if you think I talk about Buffy too much, I'm sure that's <laughs> going to be coming up next week because that's a Buffy podcast that I've done a few times. It's so much fun. Uh, for those of you who are about to leave because you were also watching for the first time and don't want to be here for the spoilers, don't forget to follow us on social media at Lidopod on Instagram and Twitter. From there, you can check out our link tree, which will take you anywhere else you want to go. Our live streams on YouTube and Twitch, uh, and on all podcast platforms. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our channel. Leave us those five-star reviews. And if you leave with a question with a five-star review, we will answer it on the podcast. And Brett, so that we don't leave you leave out the people who are going to leave right now, can you tell everybody where they can find you on social media? Uh, yeah, you can check out, um, uh, go to the Comic Book Queers uh, Instagram or Twitter pages. Uh, Comic Book Queers, I think, is the, the URL for both. Um, and check out our show, Comic Book Queers Legacy. Uh, it is a weekly podcast that I do uh, with my good, good friend, Evil Jeff McCubbin. Uh, it is the original LGBTQ comic book podcast. It started in 2006, well before Agents wow. of S.H.I.E.L.D., <laughs> um, yeah, I haven't been doing it for that long, but it started then and I did do it then, but it took many breaks and long story. Uh, but yeah, that's where you can find me. Comic book queers, uh, wherever you Google that name, wherever it takes you, I shall be there. Amazing. Uh, well, goodbye to Tony and goodbye to anyone else. Bye, Tony. Who does not want any spoilers. Bye, Tony. Have Sorry. a good time, guys. Thank Bye. you. Let's, is he far enough away? Okay. Ah! <laughs> But for, um, so I first, we have to talk about how Tony keeps saying that he thinks Coulson's making Ward a better person. Oh my God. Oh, he's in for a, a treat. He's in for a horrible treat. I was watching treat. your face. Because I, I will tell the audience, Brett, that you you sometimes spoil things. Uh, I do. Uh, you have I do. Spoil, yeah. I do. I've you, ruined uh, Scream 4 for Jamie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's 
true. Um, it's yeah. still my favorite killer reveal, though, even knowing uh, that it, who it yeah. was. But Brett does. Ha- so I was like, I, I sent Brett like a long email, like, do not forget. Yes. No I am so proud that I never said Daisy. I am so yes. proud. Oh, my God. It I was, was so nervous was, the whole time. I know. I know. It, little is, things. It, it gets me, too. I even know. Even little like things, you, like Melinda May, Seven it, Seasons. Oh. Yeah. You can't, it's like, it's going to happen. It's one of those things where it's yeah. like, I live with Tony. I, I'm with him all day. Like there's He's certain things you just can't. Out. Yeah. Yes. But hopefully right. We're, we're right now we're in a good spot with, with him. <laughs> um, He doesn't know a lot, but, uh, but I do think it's so funny that he has no idea that Ward is Hydra. So I'm excited. Uh, about that. I mean, when I said that, you know, I don't watch these early season one episodes. It's because I mm-hmm. started at winter soldier. Like I started I know, at but- Ward is Hydra. Hydra. And my thing, the go-to thing, I've said it every episode so far, is I think that people always say it doesn't get good until then, but there are so many good episodes before no, then. Yeah, I think there are true. only like yeah. three duds. But like that's when it gets, yeah. you know, the meat, of course. But there are so many good ones. Uh, like Again, I'm so excited to get to episode six because it's one of my favorite episodes. Uh, but okay, we all... Yeah, exactly. Okay, we have to talk about how the trucker's name is Agent Mac. Agent Mac, which... I like to believe that it's actually Mac. He's just in disguise. Oh, like he's got a Mission Impossible mask on? Yeah, exactly. He's got you know one of those one of the the things that they have later on the the Black Widow face yeah, mask. They clearly they clearly just like forgot they used that name when they oh, yeah. when they created the character yeah. Alfonso McKenzie, uh, who yeah, exactly. uh, I can't wait to get to. I'm so excited. Uh, and then God, so just one though, of the best. I, I, think, I know one of the hardest things to avoid talking about today was the fact that Ian Hart never comes back as Dr. Uh, which is never... mind-blowing. That I actually know. is one of the things, like, that was actually very disappointing. The fact that we are not going to get mm-hmm. gra- a proper Gravitron until, is it season five with Adrian Pastor? Yeah, season five. But at, least, at least we get him. At least there's a payoff. Oh, and, yeah. and it's a great payoff because we love that character. We love Talbot so Absolutely. much. And then we have a little bit of Ian, Ian Quinn come back at that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember when that happened, I remember when he was like, yeah, Franklin Hall and Ian Quinn are in the Gravitonium whispering to me when um, Glenn mm-hmm. Talbot says that. I was like, who? I had no idea who <laughs> yeah. he was talking about. I was like, who the fuck is Ian Quinn? Because it was set, it was like four seasons later. Yeah, yeah. I, I literally have in my notes, and Maria, you have to. We'll have to clip this for for five years from now. Where Ian, there's going to be a little flashback of Ian Quinn in season five. Just a quick little flashback, and I am willing to bet any amount of money that when we get there, Tony is not going to remember who he is. He's going to be I like, had no who's idea. that guy? Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and the only because, but he's it's also in a scene with 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 Reina, who we're getting to on episode five, and he's gonna remember her because Ruth Mega's an Academy Award nominated woman. And she's very that's famous who I now. meant by. We'll be seeing some some better dresses later. I was yes. To oh, Reina. okay. A oh, girl with the flower dress. It's literally. I, I was still thinking May 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 Now wins silver yeah, sparkly no. dress from Face My Enemy. Reina. You're right. We are getting there. Um, but and you know, it just made me realize because you know, yes, yes. With Talbot, because you know, we I know you and I always talk about Talbot all the time. We love Talbot, he's such a funny character. He doesn't show up until episode 18. I thought wow. like in my brain it was sooner. He's he's such a core Agents of Shield character to me. That's wild. Because he was another one that was like a big Marvel character. Like Glenn Talbot is he's up there with um General Thunderbolt Ross in terms of wanting mm. to capture the Hulk in the comics. So it was a huge deal that Glenn Talbot was appearing in the show when he did. Yes. 
there was also a reference somebody said watchdogs and and they were yes. using it more as just a general term but it still was like oh we're gonna get the watchdogs in season four i think and yeah in the so first even arc, though it's right? not yeah. it's not really what they were talking about but it still is one of the, it's like yeah. last week we were talking about tahiti and jake was guessing and he said the writing's on the wall and that's literally the name of the episode Ooh. when you find out colson like what's going on with colson's writing and stuff yeah. and, and like the deep part of tahiti and jake just did just kind of guessed that and did no idea so there are certain things where i know it's killing me i'm like maria has has like a bible of things to wow throw back to when it happens um wow. and okay one thing so before the show started we were talking about how you have a really fun con con photo with clark greg and ming now when and yeah. you called it you called it the felinda photo and i don't yeah. think tony clocked that um yeah, but like the thing I, is yeah. the, like the thing is like tony knows about ships we can start talking about them being shipped early on like i i don't like i'm not gonna wait till season four to talk about felinda because people were shipping them early on he just but he hasn't heard that term yet and i know he hadn't it hadn't clicked but for me this is this had a great felinda moment like to me uh -huh. i didn't ship them early on i didn't ship them the first time i watched this until season four but when i go back i do from the beginning and this there. episode was like oh it's there the seeds were planted it's there they absolutely it absolutely was there you could tell that go the creation of the show they wanted some some sort of special emotional relationship mm -hmm. between melinda may and phil colson and it really does start to come out at the time you can chalk it up to loyalty you know that she's just yeah. a true soldier and oh. that she is loyal to her so but um you know you do you you can't help but wonder is there something more there mm -hmm. especially when you know and and tony's whole thing like fitzsimmons seem like brother and sister and yeah they do at this point but you know there sure. is oh, there is going to be a change and it's and it's not until they're in the bottom of the ocean that's really not, you and i was just gonna say that's why i start that's why i start mm -hmm. there is because that's yeah. when fitzsimmons Start, it's this was the biggest thing watching these early episodes and i said it to my husband when i was watching it i was like wow they were still just two nerdy scientists and not the heart and soul of the show i know and oh, they really do start to become the heart and soul of the show at the end of at the bottom of the ocean yes oh That's and so i are just kind of general is there anything else that you n thought about or noted in this episode that made you think well, about the future the thing that just cracks me up is especially with what happened at the end of ms marvel how kamala khan i i always say kamala kamala khan <laughs> how she single-handedly like <laughs> with the reveal that she has mutant dna how she mm -hmm. single-handedly made the Inhumans irrelevant. So, like, among the comic book reading community, when you heard that little -na 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 at the end of Ms. Mm -hmm. Marvel, everyone was like, fuck the Inhumans! <laughs> like, because there was a <laughs> while where the Inhumans were repla like, replaced the X-Men. The guy that was running mm -hmm. Marvel was so mad about Fox owning the X-Men that you started to see no X-Men characters in merchandising. They would be replaced with like other Avengers or Inhumans characters. For a long stretch, the Inhumans were trying to be pushed as the X-Men and the X-Men were put on the back burner and it drove the fans crazy. And so this comeuppance for the Inhumans via Ms. Marvel feels so good. All of this to say, I know so much Inhuman stuff is coming and it's just wild to me. It's wild.
it, it is like there, you know, we, we talk about how like on Lido here, we are living in 2013. So it is canon right now. We don't, we do not talk about it not being canon, the whole debate, but in the year 2023, there is the debate. And I know that there are a lot of people that want Chloe Bennett back. There's a whole Daisy Libs campaign oh, going sure. on, on social media. And the thing is like, if they bring her back though, it has to be an alternate a variant basically of her and she's gonna have to be a, a mutant i think is the only way to bring well, her back i wouldn't I mind mean, that I'll... i don't know because black bolt mm -hmm. is in multiverse of madness you know so right but he but he's you're right so it could be like but i still think she'd have to be a variant and for sure uh, it, it can't yeah. be i mean they establish mm -hmm. later in the show that this is an alternate through their own actions or because it exactly. always was who's to say that this is not the 616 mm -hmm. we talk about this the all the time on, on various things various things but my thing is it's either one of two things happened either the whole show is a branch timeline or they do not branch right. until season five when fan doesn't exactly get i'm exactly fine with either i just wish they would tell us yeah just tell us right like right. just tell us kevin Feige, bringing... come on yeah, bringing um, mm. Sky, just, I don't know why I'm calling her Sky, but bringing Sky <laughs> back into the proper MCU now, I, like it would be problematic. It would bring up mm. issues, yeah. issues stemming around the Inhumans, which is just, mm -hmm. the whole time I was watching this episode, I was like, I can't believe they're going to do the Inhumans so hard. Anyway. <laughs> I have never seen the show Inhumans, and I think that might be a Patreon that Tony and I do. Uh, oh, just, oh, it might I have to be a drinking wait. thing. <laughs> I can't wait. Oh, wow. Yes. Uh, I but think yeah, those that are, is all those we are have for talks. today. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, Brett, thank you so much. Like, just getting oh, to talk Jamie. to you about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, that's just, this has been our most of our friendship. So it makes me so happy that we're back to this. It's how it started. It's like, we. this is a real full circle moment for us. And I, I am, I'm so it's happy lovely. and I'm so honored. Congratulations on the show. It is great. Um, I'm happy to be on anytime, anytime. And I certainly will be listening and watching. Thank you. You, We will obviously have you back. Uh, thank you, everyone who's listening live. So happy to see some of you in the live chat. I can't wait to hear responses on social media from everybody. Uh, next week, tune in on Sunday, October 15th for episode four of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is I Spy. And one once again, as always, we'll be live on YouTube and Twitch at 5 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, thank you again so, so much. Thank you to Maria. Thank you to everybody. Thank you, Brett. We will see you next week.